What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Dr. Matt Delgado, the founder and creator of LifeSpring Chiropractic, home of the number one rated chiropractors here in Austin, Texas. To learn more about LifeSpring, go back to episode 39, where I chat with both Dr. Matt and Dr. Scott Mitchell about the brand. In this episode, though, I dive a bit deeper into the world of health and routine by asking Dr. Matt to convey his viewpoints on how people can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Anyone looking to improve the routine, learn more about the importance of self-care investments, or how to implement chiropractic into their lifestyles, you'll definitely want to listen to this combo. There's no better time than now to invest in yourself and your health, so let's take the first step and start the healthy combo with Dr. Matt Delgado. What is up, Thrive fam? CJ Finley here, back with the Thrive on Life podcast. And today, I'm extremely excited for this conversation because I have one of my first friends that I ever made here in Austin on the podcast today. He's been on before, on episode 39, with our other buddy, Dr. Scott Mitchell. But today, it's all about Dr. Matt Delgado. How are you doing today, Matt? Hey, Hey, doing well. I got coffee right in front of me, so it's a good day. (laughs) caffeinated. We're ready to rock this conversation. And today, it's something that I wanted to do and try a little bit differently than I normally do. If you're looking to learn about Dr. Matt and his business, Lifespring Chiropractic, it's something that I've been going to for years now. Amazing business here in Austin, Texas. Check out episode 39. But today, I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of health and kind of nerd out. Matt is one of the people that I like to talk all things health, business, life with. And the first kind of question I wanted to get into today is what does your health practice look like today mm. from sleep to working out yeah. to getting massages? Like what does it look like uh, in the life of one of the best chiropractors here in Austin, Texas? Well, thank you for the nice intro that I'll preface by saying that 2013 is when I really first started changing my health process. So almost 10 years, it's taken me to get to the point where I am now, but it's I, I sleep eight hours a night. That's uh, non-negotiable for me. I realized I perform so much better when I sleep well. So that's that's the first thing. And then I work out with a personal trainer, Austin Art of Fitness. It's more of a functional style personal training. So instead of lifting like I did when I was playing basketball or baseball or doing things like deadlifts and some of the power lifts or major weight, it's more functional training. I think you do, a, I know you do a lot of it. I've seen a lot of your videos and what you do. So I do that twice a week. And then I also get adjusted I, at, in my office by one of the other chiropractors, Dr. Scott or Dr. Nick. I get checked every week. I don't necessarily need an adjustment every week, but it's easy for me to get checked to see if I even need one because I am right there. So I'd say I get adjusted somewhere probably in the maybe every week or two weeks is about how long I hold. I see an acupuncturist probably once a month. And then I also get a massage 
I've been slacking lately, but about once a month for a massage also, one to two times a month for a massage. And then I take time for myself, my Tuesdays and my Thursday mornings and my Fridays, which we're here on a Friday today. I take for walks with friends, my social network. It's such a huge part of our health to keep, we're social beings to keep in contact with people, which is really hard, I think for a lot of us right now, but it's important, I think, to schedule in that time to be in nature, to go on walks with friends, things like that. So. Oh, I love that. Especially the last part, because that is something that, to be honest, I've never heard anybody integrate into when they talk about their health routine, how, how important that actually is to have that social network, um, above and beyond, obviously our cell phones. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, you and I both, like we could probably work all day, every day, right. And be content or fall in love with doing that. But if I don't schedule time in with, you know, friends, family, loved ones, just to go on a walk or to go on a hike or to go paddleboarding, then my life's not as good. Yeah. It, ultimately, that's what it comes down to is you want to, like you get into business and into the things that you love to do because you wanted to have more opportunities to do those walks and to do those hikes. And sometimes I forget that. And <laughs> the past year or two, I've done a much better job. Um, the weekends I've been taken off a lot more where I just spend time with my wife. Um, but I'd love to kind of pivot into, you mentioned that it's been 10 years since you kind of like integrated a more robust health routine into your lifestyle. What caused that? Because I think a lot of people, especially coming out of last year, mm -hmm. are looking at new routines and what they're doing and how unhealthy we've actually been. And yeah. one of the things that I get questioned all the time is people see us for what we are right now, but they don't understand that like what really made me change was the struggles that a lot of people are going through right now. So what did that look like for you? Let me just pause and say that you're probably, not probably, you're the best podcast host that I've been a part of or seen. And it's cool to have these, I think, questions that uh, are really meaningful and I think people could benefit from. So a little plug for you right there. But I appreciate it. I think the way a lot of us first get into changing our health is through a negative experience. If we don't get to the very edge of a cliff where we're forced to make a choice, it's really hard for us to make that choice. So my edge of a cliff happened to be an autoimmune diagnosis. I was 27 years old. I started changing my health routine before that. It was stomach aches. It was consistent stomach aches from eating dairy products. I was lactose intolerant, but I, I just wanted to fight through it. I wanted to keep eating pizza. I wanted to keep eating Oreos and drinking milk with my Oreos. And I, I loved sugar. I mean, who doesn't love sugar? So it, it was the stomach aches at first that actually started that shift. And then when I stopped eating dairy, go figure, I felt way better. I didn't have to take three naps a day. I, I was exhausted because I was putting poison in my body and I needed three naps a day, this was an undergrad, to just feel like I could function. And I was drinking like three or four cups of coffee a day also. So my body was like wow. going haywire. And then it was a little shift there that first started to propel me toward health. And it felt really good to feel good. So it was an incentive to continue on the journey. And then when I was in grad school, just the stress of going through a very intensive program, graduate program, was one of the triggers that set me into an autoimmune diagnosis. And that's when my health routine, I think, really changed most. It's when I got to an ultimate low point in my own health, where my hair was falling out. I had 
no energy whatsoever, even to go out and walk to the mailbox to check the mail. So it took a series of tests, a whole team of people, a functional medicine doctor, a chiropractor were my main two to really find the cause of it and how I could regain my life really. And it took me even quitting my job. So that was that was the major event in my life that really brought on my health journey. And I've become obsessed with biohacking or becoming as healthy as I can in my own body. And I try to do something, you know, I'd say three degrees shift every year, three degrees toward more healthy, because if you make the little changes over time, it's so much easier than trying to do it all at once because it can feel overwhelming. There's so many things we can do. Thank you for sharing that. Do you feel that you struggled a little bit? Because I feel like in my past, I struggled because of stimulants and depressants were basically masking how much pain and how unhealthy I actually was. So you mentioned three cups of coffee a day and all the dairy and probably you were drink were you drinking alcohol? I was drinking like a lot of alcohol in undergrad, a lot of alcohol. And I normalized it because everyone was doing it because it was common, not normal. So yeah, a, yeah, a lot. And of then it's just like, that makes me think because, so we, we live in this world where heavy drinking, heavy caffeine, heavy consumption of processed ingredients is seen as normal. Yep. We then get patients that go to the doctor and they have high blood pressure. Um, they're, getting diabetes and becoming overweight. And now that's becoming normal. And then because that's normal, then pushing pills on them to basically reverse what's already happened is also normal. And we have this constant kind of like hamster wheel of we could have just went back to the beginning and break the camel's back, as they say, and cause people to really shift their mindset of like, wow, what got me here in the first place? Yeah. That's how it should be. Like how you went about it, that's how it should be. Yeah. But do you remember the moment in time that you were just like, enough is enough? Was there a specific time or was it more gradual? You know, I think it was even dating back to, I'd say getting from a results-oriented health lens to a process oriented. And that shift happened when I was in chiropractic school. And it's the same thing with business, right? We talk about this. We just were talking about this today, right before we started. And I put this up on my Instagram story just yesterday, actually showing my belief systems even before and my belief systems now and how our belief system is really what guides our daily habits. Because if we believe that we're either broken or fixed, if we believe that we don't have anything to do with our health, that it's just something that happens based off genetics or based off bad luck or bad germs, then we become, I think, really disconnected from our process. And that's, I think, the way we're really brought up to, which is hard to rewire. But thank God I ended up in a chiropractic school that really teaches health and where it comes from. And that's where my mindset even started to shift and reading books from people like Joe Dispenza or Bruce Lipton talking about how our environment really governs our health and where most disease processes less than... 5% or 10%, depending on what you're looking at, is really genetic-based, but we're blaming genetics. Like you just said, people are talking about right high blood pressure and diabetes. Most people that come in with those things are shoulder pain or back pain. To my office, they're saying, well, my mom had it and my grandma had it. It's genetic. 
No, it's because they'd made the same choices, the same poor choices, and those same poor choices are passed on for years and years and years, and we learn Because we just it. do what we see. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a, such an easy way to look at this for people, because I always try to break it down of how does a fifth grader understand it? So you have a fish tank, and you have a fish in the tank, mm -hmm. and you're taking care of the fish, and you're, you're feeding it, and you're letting the water not necessarily be the cleanest yep. right fish dies most people they open up the fish and be like what was wrong with the fish <laughs> that's the problem that we have yep. in society so Same when thing. you go to the doctor it's like what is wrong with the human not is what process was the human going through yep. what emotional trauma did they have where did they grow up what yep. were they eating what was their sleep schedule like when like you go to the doctor and they never ask you those questions yep. they're just looking at what is causing you pain exactly. and then they see the pain and they're like well what is wrong with you yeah that's causing this pain up oh, like you're overweight okay cool like here's a pill rather than what got you here in the first place who like your parents they had diabetes okay why did your parents have diabetes oh they grew up in an environment that was only eating high fat yeah. high and then when i say fat i don't i eat a lot of fat but avocados and things processed that foods. <laughs> yeah. yeah processed, processed fat yeah. processed yeah. sugar all those things, processed carbs. Um, so of course they're gonna have that repercussion of whatever that disease is. Yeah. And this is the other thing, I, I like that you brought up the whole, it's genetic. Well, how do you know it was genetic going back thousands of years? Because we all come from someone that thousands of years ago had a kid, had a kid, mm -hmm. that had a kid. And then somewhere along those lines, that one kid changed the environment and then changed the genes. Yep. So why can't we reverse our genes in the opposite direction. And that's the next question I have for you is because I think you and I relate heavily with this is I'm basically on that 10 year journey too. Yep. And I feel like a completely new human being. It's like, I can't even remember what it feels like to be that person. I still have struggles on the daily yeah. uh, with certain things, but mind, spirit, just when I'm exercising, I'm like, damn, like I feel like I could have been a pro athlete if I shifted me to when I was 20 I years old. That's the truth, yeah. <laughs> but what has been like kind of the biggest difference in your life since making those process changes? I'd love for you to go through like what in your process directly changed so that today you show up as Dr. Matt Delgado compared to 10 years ago? Yeah, great question. It's now, and you know, I wrote this too when I mentioned I made that slide of the two like process-oriented versus results. I don't, I truly don't see my health anymore as an expense it is a no brainer, no matter what it is. And there's no limit either on my budget. And I have a group of financial advisors. My health category has no limit. The other categories have limits or I set a budget. My health, maybe I have a target range where I want to be or like a plan. But no matter what, if anything comes up, that is my the first place I am sending my resources is my health. So keeping a process there even when I feel well. And I think that's the hard part. Even now with me, I'm human. I struggle with it. We're all human. We all get off track. But if we don't have a team of people keeping us accountable, and so for me, it's hiring my own team. I just hired. I just brought on a couple new things. Every year, again, I try to bring on a couple new things. And with where I'm at currently, it's a little bit different. When I started my business, you know this, I had a $2,000 loan from a family member is what I started my business on. So what I was doing then for my health looked a little different, but it was still 
writing it into my calendar. It was still, it was my gym time. It was my social time. It was my walk time. It was my nature time. It was uh, relaxation, it, reading books. Now, some of the things are a little different also because my lifestyle is different. My lifestyle is is more full schedule-wise. I hate the word busy. My schedule is more full than it used to be. So I hired on a functional medicine doctor, uh, Dr. Reva Robinson. You just had her on your podcast, actually. And it's funny, you mentioned intake forms. It took me two or three hours to fill out the intake form because it was timelining literally my whole life. Every trauma that happened physically, mentally, emotionally, anything I experienced as a kid, uh, any antibiotics I've ever taken, any medications or supplements I've ever been on, what's happened to me because I sent an autoimmune diagnosis into remission, but it doesn't just stay there. And again, my belief now is that if I keep my health practices moving in the right direction, I'll maintain optimal being, but if I lose sight of them, I can just as easily end up where I was. So I'd say, you know, answer your question, keeping myself accountable and keeping those things on my schedule, even when I feel well, it's the hardest thing in the world to do because I'd gladly when a friend calls me or texts me and says, Hey, you want to do this? And I'm like, or like, you want to get lunch? Uh, it's like, yeah, I'd love to, I can easily push this massage back a week or this adjustment or this meeting with one of my doctors, but non-negotiable. I need it there. So coming back to it and looking at my schedule, making sure my my routine's where it needs to be. I like the word non-negotiable. I think that that's not something that most people have in their dictionary. Usually their non-negotiable is I got to get up and go to work or I got to please this other person <laughs> or I like really got to put somebody else or something else ahead of me. And yep. that's kind of something I would love to ask you. What do you think caused you in your life to be eating the dairy and having the three cups of coffee, what allowed you to get to that point? Because it's something that I look back on is if I can learn more about myself and how I got to that point, I can prevent it from ever happening again. Because even, you know, we're going to, we're going to slip up. You're going to not go to the massage. You're going to not, you're going to skip the meeting, but really compound interest is really the biggest thing, whether negative or positive and compound interest isn't predicated on you have one slip up or two slip ups or three slip ups. Cause if you look at the stock market, it goes up and up, up and down, up and down, up and down. But over the, over 70 years, it trends upwards. Right. Yep. So we have to build in that process of accountability, like you mentioned, but what, what got you to that point in the first place? And then I'll dig into a little bit of yeah. like how I got to my yeah. uh, kind of lowest low in the first place. Yeah it's funny that you asked or that you use that example because same thing, great minds think alike on Instagram. I put up a parallel of how many people invest money in either the stock market or Bitcoin or real estate. I got so many messages from people offering advice or, oh, do you need help? Or And then as soon as they scroll to the next slide, they see that I'm bringing it full circle back to health. Well, it's the same concept with our health. And it's that same compound interest idea that it's really our long-term choices that accumulate good or bad to move us more toward the desired outcome or less away from it. But Dairy, the thing that kept me going back to it was we are marketed toward biologically addictive foods and we are set up to fail. Our food system is a mess more than it's ever been. And for me, that's where a lot of my problems stemmed from. And as 
in high school, especially when our hormones are changing, our bodies are developing, we maybe don't have as much self-control to begin with. You put these foods in front of someone and you're going to go haywire with them. And I did, I couldn't stop eating them and it felt really good. It's lighting my brain up like a drug. And it felt amazing in the moment and similar, right? To even drinking, maybe you're binging on, on anything addictive. It feels really good in the moment and you get this temporary high from it. And then later I'm sitting on the toilet wondering, what the heck did I do? Why do I keep doing this? And it's this cycle that I couldn't break out of until I finally just thought, well, okay, maybe this won't be a long-term thing, but maybe I'll just try it once because I keep hearing it enough that maybe I'll just try it once. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Dr. Matt. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Dr. Matt Delgado. As soon as I stepped away from dairy for even like a week, I was blown away. And then it's that started happening with sugar. I'm like, okay, well, what if I decrease my sugar consumption? Again, blown away at my energy levels. And then the same thing happened with alcohol. That was a hard one. That was a really, really, really hard social one. tie. That was who I was. It was ingrained exactly socially into who I was. And that's in. Nobody walks around like, hey, you want to go grab a glass of milk? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's that's even where, when I met you, that was part of what changed my life was because the people that I would associate with were eating a certain way and they were socially, right? Their social gatherings revolved around drinking. When I moved to Austin, it was my opportunity to rewrite my life with new people, with new habits, with a new belief system in a city that inspires me. And here, the first friend I met, Jarrett, and I think it was probably just a couple weeks. I was looking back at this timeline because I'm writing a book right now. I was just telling you this. And I just wrote about Jarrett. Two weeks later, I meet you. And I had never had friends in my life that I could meet with and just talk about high vibrational activities or do things with like go on a walk or we go meet up at Whole Foods for lunch instead of to get fried chicken somewhere. And our conversations are different. We're not drinking together and nothing wrong with drinking, but we're not asking each other, hey man, you want to go out to the bar or do you want to stay out till 2 a.m.? We don't, we don't text each other to do that. It's like, do you want to get coffee or do you want to meet up and talk about this? I'm working on this project. Do you want to be heard? Yeah. Like that's what I equate it to is like, I've never been in an environment where we basically 
talk and actively listen. Yeah. And I think that's something, again, we're not, we're not really taught. And especially as kids, I had Maddie Miles on here. Her episode just dropped yesterday and talking about her eating disorder and how it was a way to be heard. And as kids, like yep. we have these vices because we don't know how to really communicate what we're feeling. So for you, it's dairy. For me, it was hyperactivity and sugar and just sports and mm -hmm. all these things that culminated with my attention that was basically a mask of I was in pain. Yep. So it was like, it was much easier for me. Like, I'm just going to go play seven sports and forget about the pain, but then I would always come back to it. And then I was eating shitty to make it even worse. And I just didn't know how to communicate that pain in reality when I look back. And I think when, as we get adults, that then grows into, hey, I don't know any other way other than to let's go grab a drink because feeling that buzz allows me to feel confident enough in myself to drop my guard down just a little bit. But then we also have an out when you drink. This is what I noticed. When people drink, they have an out to misbehave. Oh, I was drunk. Oh, I was buzzed. Oh, I was this. But when you're dropping the ego and coming into vulnerability in a sober environment, it can be scary at first for, for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's something that I noticed where when I moved here, I was comfortable because people like yourself would drop your level f before me. And that's something that I try and do for other people is like, yeah. I mean, you brought me, the first time we met, you brought me a book about like autoimmune issues, right? So that that's extremely vulnerable right there where you're just like, basically, hey, I know what it's like to be in your shoes. Yep. Slide the book across the table and like that starts the precedence versus if we met up for a drink and you have a drink or two, like what are the things that we're gonna start talking about like you never really drop that guard down i never really understand who matt is or yeah. why you're here on this earth um and it's cool that again going back to the compound interest i think austin is a place where people have just congregated to kind of become what we're trying to become which exactly. is if you're going to drink again i have nothing wrong with with alcohol but it should be something that is a celebratory thing not a staple yeah and we've confused what staples should be with what celebratory things should be even the cake yep. even the dairy even these things these should not be staples yep. but i love that you talked about marketing because the food pyramid yeah <laughs> there you go and it's just like waking people up to the fact that the media and the money that's tied into the food system is not necessarily what's healthiest for you it's what makes them the most money and once you kind of break through that you start realizing wow there's this whole new world out there that not that we've been lied to it's just that we haven't been told the whole truth when it comes to what we put in our body how our jobs and careers should be it baffles me that we're now living in a society where people skip lunch yeah <laughs> like me too <laughs> what the, like you're skipping lunch you're working through lunch like, why? Like, yeah. what, to gain what? What? What is? What is that? Um, and then the last thing on that prong is like what you're consuming, your career, and then what you're doing outside of all that, which is what you were talking about: massage, chiropractic, acupuncture. How many people hear about that before they get to the brokenness? And that's where I'd love to ask you: when you were growing up, because I didn't hear about any of this. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. Right. I grew up in a small town in, in New Jersey and it's not, it's not my parents' fault. I want to be very clear on that. We just lived in a community that that wasn't a focus. Yep. Same. Right. So 
how do you think we can make it more of a focus in communities that it isn't? Because here in Austin, you mentioned we have this high vibe culture. In your eyes, how do we spread that? What is the best way to do that? Yeah, you know, we're living in a time where technology and video, really, what we're doing even here right now, it's a huge blessing to have because you, I mean, you get on Instagram, you get on TikTok, and you see people sharing these educational stories in little bite-sized chunks that I didn't have available to me. Like I, if I would have seen something like chiropractic, and I found it at 15, but if I would have found it even earlier, I would have, you know, even then fallen in love with it or just at least had the earlier access. And same with something like functional medicine. I didn't know what that was until even years later. So if I would have had some of these videos from people like Dr. Riva Robinson, same thing, spreading messages of where true health comes from or podcasts. Now knowledge is so accessible. And I think there is a shift being made. And especially in cities like this, like in Austin, because it's hard to do it alone. I think we're set up for failure. We just talked about that, the way that we're marketed and in just the communities that we live in, what's what we have around us is is the norm. And unfortunately, the norm, especially outside of bigger cities, are not best practices. They tend to be things that are really harming us. And I mean, the, the food system, again, to get in on that, it subsidizes things that are not the best for us. And even, you know, the three crops that we subsidize the most corn soy and wheat i don't eat or i really try to avoid i'll eat some corn but soy and wheat i don't and it's it's hard and i didn't know these things so if i would have learned them i think even earlier and i think it, it takes a good support system too because in a small town you know people were laughing at me or talking about like why are you eating this way or like it's it's seen as stupid and it's even when i go back i don't like going back to the small town that I grew up in because I love that you're saying this because I'm different now <laughs> and we do different things and I'm not going to the bar and nothing against them for doing their life and living the life that they want to live. It's their choice and they should live it out how they want to live it out. But when I go back, I feel different. I feel like I'm the one being made fun of because my choices are different because, oh, you eat organic or, oh, you're eating is gluten-free. And, you know, like people, people make fun of it. Like it's a bad thing. And I think that needs to change. It's a, it's a choice. And, you know, it starts with acceptance even of people doing things that are different and choosing different ways. And until I even found friends that didn't drink, I don't think I would have been able to step away from drinking. I kept getting pulled back to it. I struggled so much with the change. It's making it sound easy because I've been on a journey for 10 years, but the change happened with a lot of struggle and with a lot of pushback and with a lot of fight and a lot of internal conflict because we have habits that have been around for years. They're not easy to change. So if I wouldn't have had a team to help guide me and to support me and a friend group to help guide me and support me, I don't think I would have been able to make the change that I've made so far. I love that. And you've been a huge inspiration for me in terms of the uh, drinking, because I remember when we first met, you were literally not drinking. Yeah. Uh, and you were doing a lot of like kind of the stuff I'm actually doing now, yep. testing on yourself and figuring yourself out. And last year was really the first year that I was able to cut out for the most part alcohol, um, maybe had it once a month. And I've only had one drink so far in 2021. And the only reason was I was seeing Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan <laughs> here at Stubbs. And I was like, you know what? Like if there's ever time to have a drink, here's the time. When the hell am I going to see Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle again, five minutes from my house, 
probably never. Yeah. So it was more of like a celebratory and I was drinking a local Austin drink, uh, ranch water. So it was I like, you it. know what? Cheers. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think it comes down to intention yep. and everything we do in life. If you do things in moderation, you're going to be, end up all right. And that's what, when you go back to the small town, the issue that I always have and had growing up is nobody understood how to do things in moderation. Yep. You're either like getting hammered or you're the guy that's sober and everyone's making fun of. Like there was no like middle ground where people are just like, you know what? I'm just trying to live the best life possible. Yep. What does that look like? And that's like, that's what irks me the most is when people point fingers and try to make fun. It's just like, it has nothing to even do. Like you can live your life, but yep. If you're not thinking about moderation, like if you're if you're eating pizza every day, like, and you think that's okay, there's and, something bigger going on. And something you just said too, with that moderation. Thank you for saying that because I hear that every day, and I have a unique perspective, and I'm really fortunate to have the time to listen to so many people speak. They're coming in for health advice, but everyone rates themselves as healthy already coming in. We never see ourselves as unhealthy or until we really hit rock bottom, we all say, oh yeah, I'm healthy or for the most part, or, uh, you know, all things in moderation or in balance. And we may even be on the verge of an autoimmune disease or, or have one. And if you would have asked me the day before I even got my lab results back from an autoimmune diagnosis, and I felt like garbage relative to where I had um, even five years earlier, I would have said I'm healthy. And I would have said I live in moderation and I live in balance. So, I really dislike that phrase because of that. I think that it's all relative and we compare ourselves to somebody else. I'll, I'll never forget this too. I was in a spin class here in Austin when I first moved here and it was only maybe three or four people in the class. And this guy in the front row was talking to the instructor and we, we were there maybe 10 minutes early and he shows up hungover and he's bragging about it like it's a badge of honor and he's telling the instructor that it's okay because his doctor told him that he could be drinking that much because his doctor drinks more than him so he's laughing about it saying well you just got to find a doctor that drinks more than you and then you'll be okay like as if a doctor tells you that you can be doing it you're fine. And again, comes back to where our belief system is. Are we responsible for our own health or do we think a doctor's going to fix us? No one's ever going to fix us. We got to fix us. You just gave me such a good content piece because I never thought about the word moderation like that. Because again, like I come from more of a logical, practical mind. Yep. But what I just said about the pizza before, like somebody could say eating pizza every day is in moderation. Because they could be like, oh, I could eat it three times a day. <laughs> exactly. So I love we that. All do that. I, I absolutely love that. And I'm going to take that out of my out of my dictionary and use it in a different way. And I already, my mind's like firing on how I can create a couple of videos and blogs <laughs> about moderation. Because now I just want to go on Google and like t find all the articles that talk about moderation and do cross key. I'm getting so sidebar right now, but I always want to communicate to the audience kind of like what's going through my head yeah. when we're conversing. And I love, one of the reasons I love podcasts is I have new perspective on things. I gain a new perspective. And that is something that I've honestly never thought about because again, like when you're seeing it from a first, first person lens, which is what we're all doing is like, we're all walking around this pretty much the universe is a video game. Yeah. We're just playing single player right now. Yep. Moderation to me is way different than moderation to somebody else. Yep. And then therefore, like you can't really use that as a statement. So I love that. If you're listening to this, if you go ask, maybe if you have a grandparent who's 
not in the best health or if you have a brother or whoever, a cousin, listen to them and ask them a few questions. I almost guarantee they'll identify still as healthy because they're living, right? Our bodies adapt. They may be on 20 medications and they'll probably usually still say, well, as long as it's in moderation, it's fine. So I've realized we're all saying that. I took a few words out of my vocabulary dictionary because of this and I think because of this misuse, that was one of them. And not that I'm against it, I just stopped using it. Same with busy. I don't say anymore that I'm busy because we all have the same amount of time in a day. We choose where we put it, right? And I don't say I'm healthy either because it's all relative. And our health is, I, I don't think we're either broken or fixed, healthy or not healthy. It's somewhere on the spectrum. And every single day, the accumulation of our choices move us more toward health or further away from health. So I think if we identify as either healthy or not healthy, it's a flawed view on what health is because it changes every single day, every single minute we're changing. I love that. And it's something that, again, that changes my perspective on things. It's either you're working towards better health or you're working towards hurting your health. Exactly. That's it. At any given moment, it's either you're doing this thing or even for a lot of people out there, like thinking this thing, like, A lot of people are not like physically, they are moving towards better health. Yeah. But mentally and emotionally and spiritually are moving in the opposite direction, especially because that's something that my wife and I can attest to is in the beginning of my journey, I thought working out was how you get quote unquote more healthy. We all do. Right. That's, that's the common theme is like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get shredded and it's going to fix all my problems. But then you start realizing that, wow, I think it's my brain that's actually needs. And then you start reading these books. And for me, I love how you broke it down like that because there's no book that's just like, this is how you be healthy. I just read a spectrum where some of them are like, eat keto, eat paleo, eat vegan, go to a chiropractor, go to an acupuncturist, go do all these things, right? Like they're all telling you, they're basically screaming at you to do all these different things. But at the end of the day, you have to take a little bit of each and realize, okay, what is going to help me just get a little bit better today? Yep. And me being better again is predicated on, I'm 5'7", 152 pounds. This is what I'm working with. I can't compare myself to the next person next to me, Dr. Matt, who's six foot and lives a different lifestyle, has a different work schedule, has different goals than I do. And I think that is a huge problem we we have here. Luckily, in today's day and age, a lot of people are augmented reality, virtual reality. Things are getting more towards, we were just talking about the whoop before this, how things are getting more tailored towards the person. I get this question a lot when I like shout you out the importance of chiropractic and things like that. So I'd love to give you kind of the space and platform to describe kind of your journey in chiropractic and not necessarily your story because you talked a little bit about that on episode 39, Mm -hmm. but more so for those out there listening, I've never heard of chiropractic and are thinking about potentially seeing a chiropractor, what are the do's and don'ts? Because I know you're one of the reasons I trusted you so much is literally you were telling me the bad side of chiropractic and that built trust so quickly with me because I'm an entrepreneur and I can tell you the bad side of entrepreneurship and the bad side of hiring a business coach and all these things that Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn are telling you to do. And I can tell you the bad side of those things, yep. even more so than the good sides. Yep. Um, because I just want what's best for 
everybody out there and I don't give a shit whether you work with me or you don't. And I saw that in you and I'd love for you to communicate that to the audience. Why should they be integrating chiropractic in their life? And then how do they look out for what's good and what's bad? Yeah, great question. And the reason that I, I think 99% of people are drawn to chiropractic at first, and I get to hear this every day and I listen to people. So I just, I take mental note of what they say and 99% of what draws people into chiropractic initially is pain, which is okay because it's it's what chiropractors are known for. It's what our wheelhouse is, is dealing with pain, whether it's a new injury or chronic pain, we're really good at helping get people out of pain through adjusting their spine. The spine houses your brain and your spinal cord. Those nerves that we affect when we make an adjustment include pain. But what a lot of chiropractors, I think, are not mentioning or not really taking an educational stance on is the other things that the nerves control. And if you remember the first time you came in, I remember I gave you this sheet, right? And I highlighted the few spots on your spine that we were working with. And that sheet showed the other things that the nerves control. And that's the majority actually of what an adjustment affects is not our pain receptors, but other things that influence our maybe balance or concentration or mood or energy or sleep. So things like our muscles and our organs. And you take anything in nature and structure always determines function, right? So whether it's a bridge or a dam, and I know your background is in engineering. So even if you look at it from a software side or like a system saying what you set up with your system always determines, right, that outcome. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with this, looking at the same principles. But if you don't have some objective things you're tracking, it can be hard to measure. Same with health in general. You just talked about the whoop or something like the biostrap, what I wear. That's a great objective thing to track health, right? Because you could just say, well, I feel fine. We get so used to feeling the way we do though, that are we really fine? <laughs> Usually not really. So we look at posture in our office as one of our analysis systems, a good functional way to measure health. And We'll also look at motion as well, taking people through motion. We do care about the way they feel. That's the first thing we want to see change is their pain disappear. But after that, we also want to see their quality of life improve. We care about things like their sleep. We'll ask them about that or their energy or their mood, their movement, some of the functional side of their life, not just how they're feeling in that moment. And that's where chiropractic for me has changed my life many times over, not just with the headaches initially or the neck pain or low back pain, that's what I first found it with, but then something like an autoimmune thyroid problem, how it helped me so much through that also, I got to see it with new eyes. And then now how it still helps me to function at my best, I get to see it show up on my heart rate variability. I get to experience what an amazing life feels like without misalignments in my spine, I get a function at an optimal level. So I'm addicted to functioning at an optimal level. And some people even ask that, well, is this something you have to do for life? No, you don't. You don't have to work out for life. You don't have to eat healthy for life. You can get to your desired goal and then you can give it up if you want. But if you want to keep going and you want to keep using it or utilizing it for what it is, then let's do it. And we, same as you, I love what you said. We tell people the truth. 
if their goal is just to get out of pain, we'll help them get out of pain. If their goal is to live an optimal life, we'll help them there. But our job is to be their guide. It's not to make a choice for them. It's their health. It's their choice. So I'd say anyone out there listening to this, watching this, when you're looking up a chiropractor, really, I, I would look at their social media accounts also if they are active on social media and or if they have any YouTube videos, whatever. And does it look like they're in it more for maybe some of the YouTube chiropractors you see just the effect of like the boom, the big pops to, to get a ton of views, to get a ton of followers, to make a lot of money off of that? Are they giving you education? I think that's the really important thing. That's where any doctor is meant to be an educator first. Doctor means teacher, the Latin root of it. So are they educating you? Do they seem honest? Do they seem fair? Are they, do they really care about you? I think those are the top qualities in any doctor. Do they listen to you? Do they care about you? Do they help guide you or educate you? Because health is your choice. It's not your doctor's choice. Their job is to be your guide, not to make the choices for you, not to wipe your butt for you. You got to wipe it yourself. I can show you how to wipe it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's such an amazing response. And one of the things that I've done over the past, and again, this is what connected us, is you brought me that book, is I think something that anybody out there, if you're working, if you're going to be working with somebody or a system, because I... I consider like life spring as a system. Yeah, and then Dr. Matt, Dr. Scott, and Dr. Nick are basically the organs within that system, right? Yep. Um, and basically you te you can tell if the system is operating in, in a way that could help you if the system is constantly educating itself and making the system and the process better. So the way that I kind of always looked at it is like, how do I expect you to help me if you're not continuing to grow and help yourself? Yeah. And one of the things you can ask people like, and I've done this before, is like, what book are you reading right now? Or yeah. like, what class are you taking? Or what uh, you go and you speak at these different seminars and workshops? Like, what are you attending yep. as a student? Because I think a major issue I had with over the course of my life is I would get to doctors and it just seemed like they knew it all. Yep. And things are changing though, especially with phones and internet and social media and ability to like take, like I can literally go get my blood work, test everything myself. Like I don't need a doctor. Yep. Like yesterday I went to the gastro and they were so impressed with me showing up with all my blood work, all my gastro stuff, all my took a spectral cell test for micronutrients and they were like, who's your doctor? Yep. I was like, me. Yeah. Like, And I love that you said that too, if that I was looking at something, a course I'm taking online. I love those questions, by the way, too. I think that's something you should act your, ask your doctors is even what is their health routine? Because if they're not practicing health, who are they to help guide you? And not to say that they had some unfortunate events or something happened, but what's their process like? Again, right, yeah. we can't judge them based off their outcomes, but we can judge them based off their process. Do they have a good process themselves? Do they look like they embody health? Do they act as if they embody health? But I saw a statistic that it was, we we talk so much, I don't like the term again, but a lot of doctors will say evidence-based practice or what even is that or what does that mean? But really best practices based off research and based off of experience, clinical experience essentially is what that comes down to. And through that, they say that doctors right out of school, actually fresh into practice, are the most trained and provide usually the best techniques because they're more fresh with the information. Mm -hmm. They show the further out somebody is, if they're 20 years removed from school, unless you're really adamant on taking these continuing education courses and learning things as they change, what you just said is totally 100% what they said in this, the course I'm taking right now is things are changing. So 
most of the doctors that have been in practice for even 20 years, they're the ones that are least likely actually to perform these evidence-based methods. So a lot of times the uh, very experienced doctors are not always the best unless they're really doing a good job to stay up to date on the new research and the latest methods. Because even I'm four years in, what I've learned for some things when I first started have already changed or already conflicted. But I'm really up to date with new things that are coming out. I'm obsessed with learning. And if I weren't, I would already be making more mistakes or leading people astray from where I should be. Oh, man, that's such a, a good way to look at it. And I think for me, the reason that I started having that mentality is I always challenge people like asking why since I was a kid. I um, but business has really helped me because in business, it's like, I'm not going to go look up to somebody. I'm not going to look up to a teacher that's never started a business, yep. right? So I look at the process of the person that has created not just one thing that's good in their life. Cause I always look for someone that has their ducks in a row. Like, I don't really care if they have a business that makes millions of dollars. I'm yeah. like, do they make their own money? Do they have successful relationships? Are they taking care of their health? Yep. Are they happy? Like that's the person that I want to be. So that's the person that I try and learn from. And I think in the healthcare system, we have a huge problem because you go to the doctor and the doctor's overweight. Yeah, exactly. And you go to the doctor and the doctor is so out of touch because he's like over 20 years, he's seen how many people are just not focusing on true health. They're just trying to get pills or just trying to get the instant gratification is what it's called. Yep. So they just become numb to it, I think, because yep. I don't want to knock people. I just want to say like the system has set even doctors up to fail yep. unless you're constantly understanding like, social media and understanding what's going on out there, what's going on in the world, what what new plants are, are helping people. I'm reading a book called Breath. I got halfway through it mm -hmm. um, and just started picking it up again where breathing through your nose is literally one of the things that should be implemented into your health routine more than anything. I'm like learning how ancient tribes literally had really nice teeth. And when the settlers came and would travel, they couldn't understand how... Indians had really nice teeth living the lifestyle that they lived, but they related it to, they were very focused on breathing through their nose mm. and how that made our bone structure in their face. So it's really interesting stuff. And I just bring that up because it's literally just in a book and yeah. I'm picking it up. And if you don't have that person, if you're going to better your health, you need to go some to somebody that's constantly trying to better their own health, but then also willing, what I love about what you've created at LifeSpring is a malleable environment where it's listening to the customer and listening yeah. to the person that walks through the door and changing the way that you do business based on the customer's needs yeah. rather than saying, I'm a chiropractor, I crack backs, this is how we do things. You're very malleable and I think it's it's a very valiant thing and everybody should be looking up to. But I know that you have an appointment right after this and I don't want you to be late to it. So we're <laughs> gonna wrap this up rather quickly, a little bit quicker sure. than we normally do. Um, this conversation was super fun and I'm looking forward to future ones. But my last question is, yeah. what does thriving mean to you? So when you think of the word thrive, what yeah. does it mean? I think it encompasses exactly what health does is just optimal in life and in all of our categories. So for me, it's like synonymous with optimal health, with the different categories we've been talking about. I'll, I'll lead with the ones that I think we neglect the most, our mental and spiritual and emotional. 
And then also, of course, the physical side of things and the chemical side of things, what we're putting in our body food-wise. So continuing to just better ourselves, to better our process, even a few degrees, just small shifts every year in each of those categories and to look at it every year and to really put effort, time, energy, and money into those things, even when we already feel like we are ideal. How do we try something new? How do we stay ideal? And I think to me, that's what, that's what thriving is. So be, being open even to that idea of, of changing or doing something different to optimize you or the world. I love that. And before you get rolling, if anybody loved what you had to say today and they want to reach out to you, where's the best way? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So you can find me there. It's Dr. Matt Delgado, D-R-M-A-T-T-D-E-L-G-A-D-O. Awesome. Hit Dr. Matt up. He is the absolute man. I cannot say enough great things about him. And I'm just super excited that I got to chat with him here on this fine Friday morning. But the biggest takeaway I had today was how he kind of came back at me for saying the word moderation. I'm the type <laughs> of person that's always trying to learn new things and have a new perspective. And I appreciate the fact that you spoke like that because it literally just changed my mind on something that I've kind of never looked at in that light. And basically what it meant to me is that like, we all have this weird view on our process. And if we're not truthful with ourselves, we can basically just say, oh, we're in balance. We're doing things in moderation, but we have to look at the reality of things of even if we're doing it in moderation and I feel like shit, that means that something is off and I can't just throw that word out there and be like, I'm cool, I'm okay. So that is the biggest takeaway I have for today. Um, but if anybody else, again, if this conversation hit home with you, please reach out to Dr. Matt or myself. I'd love to get you connected. Thank you guys for listening. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.